Hi, and welcome back to the Grunge Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Whiskey Stevens, and today we're talking about tarot. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tarot is something that is near and dear to my own heart. It's been somewhat of a constant companion for me since the age of 16. And at that age, I was asking the cards questions, like, does the guy in science class like me? The answer was surprisingly yes, and we're still together, and now we are pet parents to a dog named Alice. This episode is going to talk about tarot etiquette, uh, good tarot etiquette, and the not-so-good. So, this is not going to be about calling anyone out or really anything like that. Um, I'm actually going to uh, shout out some pretty good tarot readers as well. And I was kind of interested in hearing some honesty from people about what they did not like about tarot readings and what they didn't like that tarot readings sometimes, you know, came up with or what tarot readers sometimes did. I don't know. I was kind of curious. (laughs) So I asked on Instagram and I asked on Twitter for people to private message me about their own thoughts. I asked them to tell me the good, the bad, you know, the strange. So one of the first pet peeves that was mentioned was that people come into tarot without knowing how to shuffle and they never bother to learn. And that's something that I will admit um, (laughs) is that I shuffle by lifting the deck up and kind of shuffling it in half that makes sense. And it wasn't until I became unafraid to bend the cards a little bit so that they could kind of fit into my hands that I learned how to actually shuffle. So it's kind of like molding the cards to fit into your hands. And perhaps if you have like one or two decks that you always use for clients, then you won't mind that they get worn or that they get bent a little bit. And personally, I kind of love that my deck is a little bit worn out because it actually gets used. And with my Rider Waite deck, um, because I really feel like now I'm a devotee of the Rider Waite, um, some cards are a little bit wonky. So before I even flip them over, I'll know which card it is. And at first, when they first started becoming wonky, that kind of annoyed me. But it's much like anything in life, with age comes character, and the longer you work with something, the more in tune you become with it, I think. So, the cards are like an extension of the self. But perhaps however the cards get shuffled is okay. You know, at least they're getting moved around. But if anyone is interested in an in-depth shuffling tutorial, there is a video on YouTube titled How to Shuffle Tarot Cards the Real Way by a channel named Intimate Wisdom, and it was honestly the best tutorial that I ever watched, and I will, it will be linked in the podcast description if anyone is interested. So another comment was that a lot of readers don't cleanse their cards often enough, and really they should be cleansed after each reading. And this is another one. I'm actually so guilty of this. Um, (laughs) Cleansing the cards is something that I know that I should do more often. But uh, let's talk about some of the ways that you can cleanse your deck. So one of the most interesting that I found was the salt bath. 
So it's a bath for your tarot cards. Um, salt is a cleansing agent. It cleanses the human body. It can cleanse wounds. And it can clean and cleanse energy. So start by putting your tarot in a plastic bag and seal it tightly. Or you can kind of wrap your tarot cards in cling wrap as well. Next, to get a container with a lid and put some salt at the bottom. Then place the tarot cards in the container and fill the rest of the container with salt surrounding the cards. Keep them there overnight or up to two to three days. Another way to cleanse is through a smoke cleanse. So you can light an incense stick and then run the cards one by one through the smoke, keeping the intention of cleansing as you do it. And you can call on any deities that you want to work with as well, if you wish. Uh, you can also make a, um, like a smoke stick. So what I like to do to make them, because um, when I first started, you know, I did. I bought the um, white sage sticks. I bought Palo Santos. And then as I continued on my journey, I learned that that, that was like a no-no, right? Not to do that. Um, so now I go to the grocery store and you can get green sage at the grocery store and you can get a bunch of other herbs as well. Um, and you can, uh, grow them yourself if you want. Uh, I usually get green sage, rosemary, and thyme, and then I will dry them and then I will wrap them in a bundle with string. And you can use that as well for, um, kind of smoke cleansing your tarot cards. And sometimes I use it around my altar. So kind of like when I do it, um, when I do it that way, I, it feels like the whole process is in tune with it, right? Because I start from the very beginning, I'm getting the herbs, I'm drying them. The intention is there throughout the whole process of cleansing. Another way that you can cleanse your tarot cards is through a moon bath or a sun bath. And usually, I have done it this way before, and when I do it this way, I put my cards kind of in a glass container, and I place them outside for the day or the night or just for a few hours. Um, and for the moon bath, you can use a full moon or a new moon. So it's also said that you can knock on the deck three times, which will clear the energy. And this one kind of feels like I'm knocking maybe as a form of respect, like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Or sometimes I also feel like if you knock before you ask a question, it's like formally asking the divine for guidance. So another pet peeve that was sent in said that they didn't like when a tarot reader was too matter of fact, and they didn't provide alternate outcomes. For example, just because the devil card comes up does not mean that I have an addiction. And I would have to agree with this. Uh, part of tarot reading is seeing the story. And even though it's the same 78 cards, the tarot never tells the same story twice. It's important to know the general meanings as they provide the context for the card itself. But the story flows like reading a book. And you can try an exercise next time you're reading for yourself. Uh, instead of having a set tarot spread ready, you know, try instead to set the intention of reading and then just lay the cards out one by one intuitively until you feel like that's enough cards. This is usually how I read tarot for others, and I find that, for me anyway, it's easier to see the full story.
to read the chain of events. Sometimes the story jumps out at you quite quickly, and sometimes it takes time to unfold. Where I'll have a look at the cards for a while, maybe even stepping away from them for a little bit, until I can go back with fresh eyes. I think the trick is, at some point, to move beyond the basic meanings and to begin to put your own meanings into the cards. This can be done by sitting with the cards and flipping the cards over one by one, spending a little time with each one. Look at the imagery of the card and travel with it. Think think of some times in your own life, events, places, emotions, that may be attributed to the card. Over time, through enough readings, you'll be able to have combinations of cards that show you different things. Now, when I read, usually if the lovers reversed, hero font, and three of cups all come up in a reading together in a certain way, I know that there's some form of infidelity. But it's important to move past the one-trick meanings for the cards and to read the cards in context to the person that you're reading for. If they gave you any guidance on the topic or area of interest of the reading, then you may have something to work with. Or, of course, if you can read from energy and intuition for a general reading, allow it to guide you as you follow the cards. Each reading is as unique as the individual themselves. And finally, I think sticking only to the guidebook can actually be a great disservice to the person that you're reading for. So this next pet peeve is more personal to me. Um, and if anyone has followed me on Instagram, that's where I've been a bit more vocal about it. And actually, once I shared my thoughts and feelings, I had other people, of course, sharing their own opinions. And I was able to see the other side a little bit. So something that uh, used to bug me a lot, but bugs me a little bit less now is when tarot readers charge insane prices for emergency tarot readings. I think that, um, you know, hang on, so let me explain why. <laughs> so I now kind of understand, like, if someone wants your time at a time when you wouldn't normally be available, maybe they do get charged a little extra, I don't know. But to charge, like, triple the price, or like $400 for an emergency tarot reading seems crazy to me. Because I feel like tarot readings are supposed to be empowering. And that as a reader or even a content creator online using tarot, we are supposed to be empowering the people that we work with. Letting them know that they have the power to change their lives. They have free will and they make the choices that change their future. Now, I mean, I do get mixed up a little bit with choices and fate, and I'd be lying if I said otherwise. I believe the choices that we make in our own life have a serious impact on the way, you know, our lives play out. But I, another part of me believes that if something's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. But anyway, I mean, I understand that guidance is needed at times, but people also have to feel like they can trust themselves. And that means trusting themselves even when things in their lives don't go the right way. But, uh, you know, the opinion on emergency carol readings had mixed reviews when I first talked about it. And I think that's the way it should be. I mean, not everyone has to agree with that. But at the end of the day, I think that people need to be able to feel okay to 
also, you know, make the decisions in their own lives when things do get hard. So another person had commented that they hate when tarot readers are always negative. Like everything is a warning or something that they have to watch out for. And I found this comment really interesting because I've often thought about how other tarot readers deal with their own emotions or moods uh, when reading professionally. I personally think that it's okay to politely tell a client that you need to reschedule. I mean, don't be doing that sort of thing all the time. You may need to maintain some consistency and keep your schedules. But if you are feeling off that day or something major has happened in your own life and you know that it has a chance of affecting the tarot reading, when it comes right down to it, I believe tarot readers have to recognize the responsibility that is being a reader. People come to us with concerns about relationships, employment, finances, and general life stuff. In between, we have heartbreaks, celebrations, guilt, fear, happiness, regret. There's so much going on. It's our responsibility to read the cards as they lay. And if we ourselves are, for whatever reason, always in a negative headspace, that's going to spill into the reading. One of the tougher parts of being a tarot reader for me was learning that I had to take personal responsibility for my own life if I was ever going to truly read for others. It's really tough <laughs> uh, because you have to be aware of all of the crap that you put yourself through. Late last year, I struggled a lot with time management and my sleep schedule was terrible. I became a total mess. Something just broke down. I wasn't living the right way. Partly because I was lying to myself. I thought I could only be creative at night. And I had procrastinated so much on a writing deadline that I had to spend the whole two weeks just working on that and nothing else. It was exhausting and my business suffered because of it. Something that has really helped me was getting on a good sleep schedule. And even now, if I don't feel tired, I just go lay in bed at the same time every night anyway. Eventually, I do fall asleep. And also, there's this meditation that came from Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> you know, the one where you sit and smile. You smile with your mouth, and then you picture your whole body smiling. Your brain smiling, your heart smiling, your belly, your liver smiles, your knees and elbows smile. Even your fingertips smile. It's really magical. Even if I go into that in a bad mood, somehow by the end of it, I can just feel everything becoming lighter and almost euphoric. I can't exactly tell you how I know that it's good for my body, like it helps my whole body to be healthier, but I just know that it does. So I guess that brings us to the part of the episode that is, what is a good tarot reader like? This is the part of the episode when I'd like to shout out a few tarot readers who I really admire because I do really think that they're great examples of what a good tarot reader is. So the first person is Liz Worth. She wrote the book The Power of Tarot, and I also follow her on Instagram. 
The way she talks about tarot and the passion behind it is so damn beautiful. I've been reading her blog, and if you want to read someone's writing, you know, who writes about the truth, I think you need to read Liz's blog. I will be linking her socials in the podcast description, as well as pretty much every other reader that I'm shouting out today. Her latest blog is titled, A Tarot Reader's Bread and Butter, and then goes on to say that work and relationship readings are a tarot reader's bread and butter. If you want to read tarot for a living, you're going to end up doing a lot of readings on those two topics. She also mentions that for reading under those two topics, it means being aware of the responsibility that comes with these discussions, being clear and confident in how to handle tricky questions, and when to reframe them to better serve the client, and knowing how to intuit and interpret effective relevant answers that will guide your clients toward paths that are appropriate for where they are at. So as you can see, she's a professional. (laughs) Because these are the things that professional tarot readers care about, and it always comes down to putting the client first. So I recommend Liz. She's great. Her content is great. Her book is great. There's love all around for Liz Worth. The next tarot reader I'd like to highlight is, of course, Kellyanne Maddox. I have had many sessions with her, and I've been watching her content for literally years. <laughs> years. It shaped my, it shaped the beginning years of my life in witchcraft. I don't even remember how I stumbled upon her videos back in the day, but I'm really glad I did. And it was way back when I was still living with my parents, and it's a total tra- time trip to even think about it. But, you know, when I took my business online, when I first decided to take my business online, I was not sure what to do. And so for the first few months, I tried to model my business after Kellyanne's. And I'm sure on her end that it's frustrating. And looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, why did I do that? And I think it's just, you know, it was like I was trying to figure things out. And now, you know, it's so much easier when everything fits into your own style. But back then, I think it was partly because I wanted to do it right. And I had really admired her. And I honestly just did not know what I was doing. And I was looking for a roadmap. But anyway, so (laughs) I have had readings from Kellyanne. And over the pandemic, I actually took up seeing her once a month as a spiritual counselor. And just having someone to talk to was super helpful. She was really the first person that I saw talking about psycho-spiritual tarot and openly talking about empowering readings that don't focus so much on telling someone a, a sure outcome of the future. In her About section on her website, you will come to a little, you know, paragraph that says fictional characters that I connect with a lot include Clementine from Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Enid from Ghost World, the White Witch from the Narnia Chronicles, and the man behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz. And I absolutely love that. 
it's such a great mix of characters and some that you would not expect. So, I mean, if I'm going to give an example of a good tarot reader and, and someone who's been in the witchcraft and tarot community for a long time and has a ton of content behind them, it's going to include Kelly and Maddox. So next is the next on the on the list here for good tarot readers is Allie, aka the Bronx Witch. I have not yet had a one-on-one -on -one tarot reading with her, but it's something that I'm really excited to do. Each week, Allie does a collective tarot reading on Instagram, and she has started doing readings for the elements like fire signs, earth signs, etc. on her YouTube channel. Her motto or slogan is, where you are the magic. Because she believes that everyone is magic and that everyone has the power themselves. And if you haven't noticed, there's a common theme with each one of these readers. They believe in empowerment. I love Allie because she's fun and she's real. She tells it how it is and she doesn't bullshit anyone. She also takes her followers on trips that she calls Witching in the City. And you can follow her around live on Instagram while she shops for herbs and she takes you through her day. It's really cool and I love getting to see the backstory of what happens and what goes into the making of her own bodega items. I would recommend Allie because she's genuinely a good person and she takes her business seriously. She holds herself and her products to a high standard, and I don't think her tarot readings would be any different. Finally, for this episode, I'd like to mention Ashley from Tea and Tombstones. There's so many amazing tarot readers, and I've had many readings from people within our community. I love getting readings. It's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine, and I love supporting other readers and businesses. And I had a reading from Ashley last year, and it was an email reading, which I like because you can go back to it again and again and read over it, and it's kind of easier to digest, at least for me. So Ashley has a podcast named Tea and Tombstones, and each episode she pulls tarot cards and shares some wisdom. And I love the podcast, and I also just love the description of the podcast. It says, it is a platform and a podcast dedicated to meeting the haunted and the hallowed of all things in life through tarot and spiritual counsel. Tea and Tombstones podcast explores themes that include wellness as a feral reclamation and claiming witchcraft as a hinge of power and voice, nature medicine, spiritual sovereignty, glamour magic, and self-love. So another person who takes tarot seriously and has some passions sprouting from that place. I definitely recommend Ashley as a tarot reader, and I truly do love her podcast. So obviously, I think good tarot readers take the time to truly learn the cards, as with each one of the people that I mentioned. They put their own meanings to them. They have combinations. They create their own tarot spreads. And beyond that, they're passionate, they care, they are supportive of their clients, and they are space holders. Being a space holder is really about, it's not about, you know, always offering solutions. It's about being there, 
and being a space holder also takes a lot of vulnerability because you have to be open to meeting people where they are and you can't run away from the emotions. Being a space holder is, is being an active listener and a stable force throughout the reading. A good tarot reader, I think, will also have additional resources for clients. Maybe they're able to give some journal prompts or a worksheet to take with them throughout after the reading. They may have a client, uh, they may have, sorry, a list of contacts if needed where they can refer someone to a therapist, counselor, or other mental health organization if needed. They may have a toolkit of things like affirmations, exercises that they can pr present to the client. They also take the confidant, wow, wow, like why am I not able to pronounce things suddenly? Okay. They also take the confidentiality and the trust thing pretty seriously. People are coming to you with their deepest concerns, secrets, and stories. It's only right that you keep everything like to yourself and that you never break the trust of a client. I think it's kind of the same as with a counselor, right? Like there's trust, there's confidentiality. If someone says, you know, that they have a plan to hurt themselves or hurt someone else, I think that's when, of course, you need to kind of reach out to somebody else. I think that it is important to have a list of resources that you can give somebody. But beyond that, trust and confidentiality between tarot readers is so important. And, and that's really why I love, you know, I, I take spiritual counseling sessions with Kellyanne Maddox because I know that there's a, a trust and a confidentiality there. So it's only right that tarot readers really, they're serious about that. Nobody wants to go to a tarot reader and then all of a sudden your business gets blasted out everywhere. It's kind of like, that would be awful. Okay, that would be totally awful. <laughs> but being a tarot reader is literally the coolest job in the world. No two readings are the same. You get to be as spiritual and unapologetically magic as you want. And you get to create your own business and your own style. It can be amazing. There's so much to love about it, and I think that the community itself is amazing as well. I love scrolling through Instagram under the hashtag tarotgram and seeing all of the tarot card images and the way that people use them. I also love watching YouTube videos of pick cards and the weekly or monthly card readings. On YouTube, I, I love the channel Charmed Intuition. Like, it's another guilty pleasure of mine because she blends charms and pick-a-card tarot readings, and it's really relaxing to watch. And tarot is such a beautiful tool, and it has been such a huge part of my own journey. So, I don't know. I kind of wanted to share this, and I was super interested to see, like, what people, what people's pet peeves were. I think it's kind of just interesting. Um, and to shout out the good as well. So I hope this podcast was a little entertaining and a little thought provoking. I know that everybody has their own pet peeves or things that they don't like, but more than that, I think we can all see the positives of tarot and uplift each other in the community. So thank you so much for joining me here for the Grunge Magic podcast. I put an episode out every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. So I'll see you again next time.